you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. I'm gonna just leave it up there. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Welcome to Buckets. My name's Matt Moore, and I'm the NBA senior writer for the Action Network. Join my colleagues, professional better Raheem Palmer and NBA futures analyst Brandon Anderson. This is your Saturday workshop. We're going to go over the Saturday games, give you best bets, sides, totals, props, everything you need to know to bet Grizzlies Warriors. Game three should be a nice, calm affair. And Bucks Celtics, no big pressure there in a 1-1 series. Two monster series. We'll break it all down for you today. Everything that you need to know about these series and more and the NBA playoffs can be found in the Action Network app. I've got a new article up that breaks down these series in excruciating detail, uh, along with where I think the value can be found and not found for this series. We'll talk about a little bit about that stuff today, uh, as well as you can track Raheem and Brandon's picks throughout the NBA playoffs and beyond and my WNBA picks, because quite honestly, that's the sport that I'm the best at. That's just going to be real with you. I'm the best at WNBA betting. Uh, Excited for the WNBA start today. Go Storm. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get started on the Saturday game. So let's get started with Boston and Milwaukee starting at 3.30 Eastern. Uh, Milwaukee opens as a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. It moves. It's down to two. It's currently Bucks minus two. 67% of the tickets are on the Bucks. 66% of the money is on the Bucks. This has actually shifted over the last, like, 36 hours. When I checked yesterday, the Celtics were getting a lot of money and this has moved back towards Boston or uh, Milwaukee in the public sphere. 57% of the money line tickets are on Milwaukee and 61% of the money is on Milwaukee for the total 214 down to 213. It was 214 at open down to 213. Uh, 56% of the tickets are on the over, but 65% of the money is on the under Raheem Palmer, as I welcome you back to the show, uh, I will ask you, is this a better, we, we have struggled with this series. We have struggled to find value. I continue to struggle to find value. I think this is literally, I just think this is a coin flip series. I have said that I think the best way to bet this might be to just take a small portion of your bankroll and bet on whoever loses the last game to win the NBA title, uh, given that their odds are going to drop. What is your feeling? Do you have a best bet for Boston at Milwaukee. Um, I don't necessarily have a best bet, but I do have a feeling. And I think this line has shifted too far. Honestly, I think you could almost make all of these games pickups. Um, when I saw Celtics plus three, 
I wanted to jump on the Celtics. And I think the big reason why is that, look, I don't know if I handicapped game one correctly, but game two was what I thought the series would be. Like, I know in game one, I took the, I took the, I think I might've gave out um, the Bucks first half in game one, just because I, I thought it was price. I mean, you got a good price, but game two was what I thought the series would be. And what we saw in game two was that the Celtics took an awful lot of threes um, and they did in game one, but in game two, they actually made a lot of those threes. And I think the one constant we're seeing in this series is that the Bucks offense is struggling. Like, look, I mean, you look at Giannis Antetokounmpo, he is at 38% from the field. He is 20 of 52 from the field. He's one of six from three-point range. You look at Drew Holiday. He is 15 of 40 from the field. Like, I mean, he's struggling, 37%. You got your two top scorers who can't score. And I think the Celtics might have figured out that jumbo lineup. And we know the Celtics are going to get open threes. And, look, they didn't hit them in game one. They probably went overboard in game two. Second half, they couldn't make any. But as a dog, I think you're getting what I believe is the better team with points. They found a way to slow down Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think the big issue was in game one, they pretty much lost every other category. So I'm going to take the Celtics here, um, the best line that I can find. As far as the under, I think when you have a, a Bucks offense, which is totally struggling, um, you have a, a, a Celtics defense, which is, I mean, they're doing their job. And then you have a Celtics offense which can kind of get stagnant and it's based on how well they can shoot the under seems like at some point this is kind of priced out I mean we've gone from 217 to 213 I think you could, this might be the last <laughs> if the party hasn't ended the party's going to end this week so that's my thoughts um my question for you is you said you're not going to bet it and then you kind of you you're definitely leaning towards ball I could hear you talking yourself into it right like I could hear yeah. yourself hear you talking yourself into it what's your buy point for Boston um, I'm thinking three. I mean, it's at two and a half now. I, I, I saw some some threes yesterday. Um, but I, honestly, at plus money, I still think it, it, it's kind of worth it just because I, I do I do believe that they're a better team based on what we've seen thus far just in, in this series. Okay, well, if it doesn't get above two, let's say it's two in the next – it stays steady mm-hmm. at two in the next – we're recording this on Friday midday. So the next mm-hmm. 24 hours, it stays at two. Are you buying? I need to think through more, but that's that's where I'm I'm leaning towards. If I gotta pick a side, are you going to bet it? If it's I gotta think I gotta think about it a little bit more, but I, I think that's where I'm leaning towards. That's my lean right now. Okay, uh, Brandon, I know has similar thoughts, so I'm gonna let Brandon go first, and I'll give my best bet. Brandon, what, what's your? Mm-hmm. Don't give me props right now. Just give me your your game related mm-hmm. best bets for this game. So Raheem made the case for my best bet, but didn't actually bet the best bet. And that is the one that we are two for two on, on giving out on this podcast. I'm sticking with it. It's Bucks team under 107 and a half. That number has actually gone up since the Bucks are favorites at home here. And he made the case. The one thing that we know right now about the series until proven otherwise, we just had three days off. We'll see how the coaching adjustments go. But the one thing we know is that the Bucks offense is struggling to score. They had 101 points. They had 86 points. That is well below this number. They've scored 23 points or less in five of the last six quarters. You need 25 or more just to get to 100, and you need to do that all four of them. Giannis and Drew are 39%, not on field goal percentage, on two-point percentage. Here's the real number that was scary for me from game two. That is a big problem for Milwaukee. Three of 18 on three-pointers. 
And I know you hear that and you think three, holy cow, that's not good enough. No, it's not. You know, what's the bigger problem? 18, 18 is not enough threes for the Bucks offense. Grayson Allen took one. Bobby Portis took two. Pat Connaughton took two. The way that Boston was defending in game two was, you know what? We're going to do this hero ball thing. The same thing we're talking about some of these other series. Giannis, we think we're defending you okay. Other than when it's Rob Williams one-on-one, we think Horford's doing fine. We think Grant is doing fine. We're going to stay home on these shooters. We know that Pat and Grayson aren't going to get their own shots. And if you don't get these creations on your own, it's up to you, Giannis. And that defense has worked well enough. If you're Boston and you give up 86 and 101 and somewhere in that range every game, you love your chances in this series. I don't want to side because I don't know if Boston's going to make their shots. It's still the same thing we've said. I don't know if the threes will fall, but I don't see any reason still to be off of a box team under until they show that they can score. Uh, Raheem, you mentioned the supersized lineup might be done. Giannis, Portis, Brooke Lopez, 60.4 offensive rating with the three together in the series. Ugh. Take Portis off the court and go with the other two. It's 100 offensive rating. Take Brooke Lopez off the court and go with Giannis Portis. He goes to 111.8 offensive rating. If I notice that with three days off, I got to feel like Milwaukee also noticed that. And I'm wondering if they will try to open things up and juice the offense a little bit more. Um, so I, I'm not going heavy on this number because of that, but that's the play still Bucks team under 107 and a half. Okay. I'm going the other way. Uh, here's why. So I went back and watched the game in detail. I did like a full on breakdown of this game. Uh, and it was painful because the Bucks just absolutely got their ass kicked in, uh, in the first half. And it was the Celtics hit everything. And, um, it was an impressive performance. So here, here's a number to kind of, kind of look at. It's the second half. Uh, Ra, you love these comps to, to previous series. And I think that's actually pretty apt, right? Because like these are like it's basketball players to the course of a series, like similar kind of dynamics. Mm-hmm. Go back to the 2012 Oklahoma City Thunder versus the San Antonio Spurs. The Spurs wins game one and two. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, oh, the Thunder team still isn't ready. But in the second half of game two, the Thunder started to figure out their defense a little bit. They started to figure out what they were doing. And I started back and I, I said, the, the Thunder are going to win this series after the second half of game two. Uh, second half of game two in this series. Giannis Antetokounmpo, while on court, has a 107.7 offensive rating, which is much, 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 much better than his main for the series. Uh, Wesley Matthews, a 110. Drew Holiday, a 110. Grayson Allen, a 110. Brandon's going to tell you, yeah, but they only scored 20 points in the fourth quarter because the Bucs got to about five minutes left with a 13-point lead and had a chance to push it. Jason Tatum hits two contested threes. They had on another bucket. It's an 8-0 run, and they pull the starters, and all the bench guys uh, did not score for the remainder of that game. That's part of it. Like, they were minus 50 in net rating, okay? So this is this is part of the dynamic here is the Bucs started to find some things to actually work against the Celtics in that second half. It's obviously true that Boston's going to see that too and be like, all right, we need to counter the counter and they'll do that a little, but they don't have enough of a sample to figure out everything. And the Bucks will also be able to recognize that and get a little bit ahead of it. So I actually think that I, I my best play for this is actually Milwaukee minus two and a half. I like Milwaukee minus three. I like Milwaukee minus two and a half. I don't like it above three. Um, that way I don't have to worry about the team total because I looked at the team total and my impulse was like, I think that they might be able to shake loose a little bit here. I don't love it because part of this is if you're if you're wanting to bet the bucks for the series, part of your cap has to be like, 
look, Giannis eventually is going to get going, which is the exact same thing we thought about Kevin Durant, who never did. Yeah. Giannis is a little bit different to stop. Like, he just is. Yeah. It's, it's less of a matter of, let me put it this way. KD, the switch defense is really good as long as his teammates suck. And guess what? His teammates were not good in that series. Um, and his best teammate is an unreliable player that you cannot count on to build your franchise around. So Giannis, on the other hand, has like a lot of options and weapons here. And they do have these small ball counters, I think, that they can go to. Um, you mentioned Brooke Lopez. Lopez had a 104.5, which is not great, but it's actually, at least it's better than what we've seen for the majority of the series in terms of the slugfest that the series has been. So I do think that there's value there on Milwaukee. When it moved up to 107 and a half, though, I was like, I can't bet the over here. I can't, I can't look at how this offense has performed for two games and then be like, yeah, no, I want to take the over on Milwaukee at a higher price point. So the scenario is, okay, if I'm wrong and the Bucs win this game with defense like they did in game one, then I can still win minus three. It's a low enough cover point. Um, if I'm right and the Bucks offense gets going, I can win with minus three. My paths here are better based off of the cap that I have at Bucks minus three than playing a total or any specific team total or any of those plays. Um, one last thing on this, which I think is really important. Rye, you talked about like game two is how I thought the series was going to go. I went back and watched that game in very close detail. You want to know what the big difference was between one and two? The Bucks did not play well. It wasn't a scheme thing. It was their closeouts were sloppy. Their closeouts were bad. They got out of position and allowed multiple driving kicks. They overloaded to insane degrees to which you should not be on pretty obvious reads. Like the Bucks didn't play well. That's the best thing I can tell you. I can tell the difference between when the Celtics make somebody suck and when a team doesn't play well. Boston did make them play badly but the Bucs went way further on that. That was an yeah. extremely low outcome performance for the Bucs. And maybe they'll have it again. We've talked about how they can actually. Yeah, and that, that's something that they tend to right. do in the playoffs. But that's from shooting, not execution. Right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So all that said, Brandon, my best play here is Bucks minus three. Yeah, I, I really, I'm with you a lot on the case that you made. I think the difference mm -hmm. is that you were closer to feeling good about the Bucs overall than I was like, I, I saw a lot of what you saw in the second half. I, I saw them using Giannis, I think, as a screener sometimes. I saw some things opening up. I saw some possibilities. And then that plus the few days off, it's like, all right, well, what more can Milwaukee do with that? But also what will Boston do to counter? I agree with all of that. But the fact that the Bucks are averaging 93.5 points right now and the line is 107.5 and went up still makes me feel good about that side. It's, but it's why I said good, not great. And for me, it's why... It's why I'm not loading up on Boston in the series because I saw enough from Milwaukee to be like, all right, well, there are some possible answers that might be coming here. And I still feel not confident enough in the Celtics offense to like Boston series minus one and a half is some absurd number, like plus 240 or something. And I was like, yeah. what? Oh man, give, give me that. And it's like, well, I just, I, I'm not quite, these teams are both really good. They're just, yeah. I remember from game one watching them being like, oh yeah, this is one of those again, where it's just like, yep, these are just two really good teams. I don't know if I necessarily want to be heavy on either side. So I think where I'm at, Matt, is I agree with very much a lot of what you said. I just would have been getting close to heavy on Boston after what we saw. And I think what I saw made me cautious enough to still, not, you know, to still be in the, the waiting end of the pool. 
but I'm still definitely leaning on the Boston side and, and against the Milwaukee offense. Yeah. I don't think either one yeah. of us are like, Oh, you're, yeah. this is such a bad play by you. I think either of us are like, yeah. no, I can see it. Best of yeah. luck to you. Like yeah. that's where, that's pretty I, much where we are. I, I think this series in almost the, 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 the Suns Maverick series is kind of similar in that the Bucks are going to have a math problem. And I, I think that's the thing that's kind of scaring me off the Bucks is just because I don't trust Boston shooters. I don't. I don't trust. Yeah, but but here's here's what I think Raheem is saying, because I agree with that is the whole thing with coming home is like, all right, well, Milwaukee's role players, they're going to hit their shots now. That's like that's the thing we know about home teams. But Milwaukee's role players aren't getting shots to hit right now. So if it's just on the stars, then I don't know if the home thing swings as much. They did get 10 versus the eight in the first half. Um, and that's with that garbage time. So I have I have a little bit of confidence. It, I mean, it's it's one thing to not trust the, the Celtic shooters, but they're taking so many more threes. Like one thing, one thing we gotta get through this. One more thing before we we hit props quickly mm-hmm. um, is Bud ruled out Middleton for three and four. Yeah. Do we think the Bucks can get one of the home games? I do. I, I think this series goes back to Boston too. Too. This is okay. this is a this is a seven game series. So look, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell you this: if Chris Middleton's a big part of your cap, if you're listening to this, he would not rule out Middleton for the rest of the series. That doesn't mean he's gonna play, but he would not rule him out. He said, "I will rule him out for three and four. I will not rule him out for the series." He said, "We'll see." So, like, he comes back for game six, like Gandalf. It's gonna be difficult for for Boston betters because there is nobody that instills more fear. Uh, in Boston than Chris Middleton. Rye, I assume you have no props on this game? Nothing. Okay, Brandon, uh, I need you to hit these props real quick. Yeah, I'm just going to do one. I'm going to do Giannis over three and a half turnovers. He's had five and six turnovers the first two games. We know the way they're defending him. We, we know Kevin Durant turnovers last series was a good play with the way Boston was defending. Giannis for the season against Boston, four, two, four, five, and six. So he's gone over it all but one game. I want to go over on points and or rebounds with Giannis because I think that there's a huge game coming, but his points and rebounds totals have just not been super impressive all year against Boston. So I've got my eye on them, but I'm playing the turnovers. I will call them up at Action Network with series long props. I've got a Giannis series leader points per game one on there. You can check that out on the website. Uh, I'm going to play Jason Tatum over on assists right now it's five and a half juice to minus 150 i will probably play this there's a six plus and an eight plus on FanDuel. i'm going to be trying to look for something like i don't know if i'm going to play the escalators i might do this yeah i'm going to be be playing this over even if i have to just pay the 150 um bucks actually started started blitzing him which is a pretty good tactic right is like jalen brown had a fantastic game too you're going to have to live. I think you're, you probably are a lot more comfortable with making Jalen Brown be the guy and blitzing Jason Tatum. So um, yeah. I like Jason Tatum over on assists for this. Game. Tatum. I wrote about that in my column as well. Pre all-star break 4.2 assists per game, post all-star break 5.1 mm. playoff 7.2. Yeah. Like you can bet mm. you can get some interesting numbers. If you like the Tatum angle. And if you think Giannis is passing is dropping, which is also part of our cap. Tatum to lead the series and assist per game is plus 850. I think that's pretty interesting because he is getting a lot of playmaking in. Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. 
It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick their over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that's the only app where I can join my buddy's contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to write it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Make sure to use promo code BUCKETS and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper and use promo code BUCKETS when you deposit. Term and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use or details. Okay, back to the show. The other game. Memphis taking on Golden State must become a nasty, nasty series after the brutal, <laughs> reckless, dirty play by Dylan Brooks. Uh, Brooks will miss this game with a suspension. Gary Payton II is out for at least the next two rounds with a fractured elbow. Ow. No Andre Iguodala for the remainder of the series. That's actually a pretty big loss for Golden State. Uh, Warriors are seven paint point favorites at home. This opened six and a half. It's moved to seven. 54% of the tickets are on Golden State. 65% of the money is on Golden State. 68% of the money line tickets are on Golden State. 72% of the money is on Golden State. Everybody likes the Warriors in this spot. Uh, Warriors uh, total 226 and a half open. Moved to 225 and a half opens down a full point on the total. Uh, total getting 50, the overs getting 54% of the tickets, but 80% of the money. So the money is hammering the under on this raw. I'm really curious to know what your thoughts are on this game. Give me your best bets for Memphis warriors game three. Okay. First things first, if you're on YouTube, I need you to go on YouTube, look up the South park Chewbacca defense, because this line does not make sense. Look, I have been saying it all series long. The Warriors should not be laying this many points. Look, I mean, if you look at, there are home games against the Nuggets. They were laying six and a half and seven in games one and two. The Nuggets are not the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies are in a totally different class, and this is a total insult. Not only am I taking the, the Grizzlies to cover this game, I'm taking them on the money line, and I'm taking them for the series. Woo! Wow. Like, this line does not make sense. And, and at some point, the pricing is off. Like, they're pricing this team as if, they're the strength and numbers warriors and they're not that like, they're not that at all. And I know you guys are going to look at some of the shooting percentages and everything like that, but the warriors offense has not been very good in the half court. They score 85 points per one possessions in, in game one, 82 points per one possessions in game two, the Grizzlies half court offense has actually been better. And look, that's been an issue for the Grizzlies all season long. But the Warriors don't have any answer for John Morant. He's going left every single time, and they have nobody who can stay in front of him. And then when the Warriors' offense is struggling, the Grizzlies are able to push it in transition, and the Warriors can't run with them. I'm going to be honest with you. I think not only is this series price wrong, I think the Grizzlies win this series. And I'm, I'm backing it. If the Grizzlies lose game three, I'm adding more. It's just one of those numbers that's priced so poorly, I have to bet it. Um, okay. It's yeah. So I mean, that's duty. the question here I have for you. It's like, because this is really interesting. Do you do the value on the on the the game is one thing. The game is one thing. The series price for them to win is that strictly based off of? Because I will tell you, like, look at the way this is juiced, right? Where it's like it's minus three sixty Warriors, plus three hundred Grizzlies at Superbook. I think that that's uh, like it's that high at Superbook. Yeah, yeah. It's plus three. Like, there's three hundreds in the market. Holy shit! That's even worse than I thought it was. Yeah. 
there's three hundreds. There's there's three to ones definitely in the market, which like I'm not surprised at. Like I, to me, this isn't surprising at all. Where I look at it and I go, um, well, I'll just say this: like there's a plus two forty at points bet. So yeah, your best value. I wanted. I looked immediately at, at Superbook because they're always more conservative and they're willing to give you more money on on. They're willing. They're will. They they want to take the money on the dogs is where Superbook is. So yeah, they're at plus three hundred. Um, okay. So do you think? But, but my key question here is. Is it because of the number or is it because you actually think that the the like you think that the Grizzlies are more likely than not to win? I think it's 80 percent because of the number. OK, 20 percent because I think they actually have a chance to win. OK, Brandon, um, I know you're going to uh, have th- have thoughts here, so I'll, I'll go ahead and let you let you talk here. Um, I'm, I just can't respond to the Warriors strength and numbers thing anymore, so I'm just going to leave that part alone. <laughs> I think that the line on this game, it, I can't get a good feel for it on either side of it, which usually then for me tells me that the line seems like it's about in the right spot. I'm not seeing a ton of value on either side. I felt after watching game two, I felt like, all right, I think Golden State wins the series. It's going to be hard. They're going to have to fight pretty hard for it. But the fact that they like, we're, we're kind of, I think, thinking of it backwards because Golden State is the favorite in the series. Golden State feels like the favorite because Golden State is the better team and they lost one of the first two. So it's like, oh, here we go. The underdog has has the door cracked, but Memphis was at home. Golden State won one of the first two and now it gets to come home. These Warriors, which by the way, are not the strength in the Warriors numbers. They have a lot of younger players who they rely on. Guess who performs better at home? The young guys, the guys who are not really ready for the big road spots. Jordan Poole has been much better at home. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga has been a strong home player. Um, Warriors, 7 of 38 on threes last game. Steph and Clay and Poole were all atrocious, shooting 18%, 18 turnovers. Look, what the Grizzlies did was repeatable, I think. They didn't have a crazy outlier shooting game. They hit the offensive glass. We knew they would. They only shot 40% from the field. You're right. They don't have a great answer for Ja. I didn't realize actually that Iguodala was ruled out for the series. That worries me. We're running out of options here. <laughs> like we're we're down to Andrew Wiggins, I guess. Like I don't I don't know what the answer is there. So here's where I'm coming to on my best bet. I'm coming back to Old Faithful because I don't really have another angle that I love here. Old Faithful is this. It's the same old Warriors, Raheem. Warriors third quarter, minus two and a half. Give me the Warriors third quarter at home. All the numbers all season long are that this team is way better at home. All the numbers all season long are that this team is way better in the third quarter. We've seen the wave come out in the third quarter. We know what it looks like. The numbers support it. That's the play I'm making. That I think one of these two home games, the Warriors run away with it and and run out, hit all their threes and, and hide and win by 20, 30 points because Memphis just couldn't get the offense going. I don't know which game it's going to be. And honestly, I looked at the alternate lines here. There's not enough value to, to play it yet, but I'm looking for that run in the third quarter. I'm just going to stay out of, of the muck on the rest. You know what's to me is really telling? So after game one, right, the Warriors win a close one. The Grizzlies had a chance. They blew it. They popped plus two and a half at a plus number. Grizzlies plus two and a half of the series on a plus number. And I, I, I hit it pretty hard. Um, you can't find pl- even the books that usually give you the alternates are not providing them. Bet Rivers does not have one on the board right now. There's not a bet 
for plus two and a half. It's just what they will give you is they'll give you Grizzlies plus one and a half to make it to a game seven at a small plus number at plus 123. They'll give you that. And then uh, BetMGM is the other one, which I'm looking at right now. And they'll give you the exact series price, uh, but they also, they usually give you the entire rundown of, of these, even mid-series. It's Warriors minus one and a half at minus 125. Grizzlies plus one and a half to make it to a game seven, despite having lost home court, plus 105. Like the books are yelling at you that they are like, you you are not, we're not giving you the option to get Memphis to win another game. Like we're not going to do it. They're also not living you, giving you a lot of value on Warriors to win in six because Warriors in five is still the, is still uh plus two seventy five. Warriors in six is plus one eighty five at BetMGM. So what you got here is you're, you've, it's, it's priced appropriately is what I'm trying to say. It's the, here's my thought. The Warriors are going to win this series. And Rob, the reason that, have you bet them to win the series yet? I haven't. Okay. The reason that here I would warn you off that game one was an absolute killer. It was a high percentage opportunity for Memphis at home that yeah. they lost. That was a game that they probably should have won and they lost. Uh, we're going to talk about props, Brandon, and you and I are on this, of the same wavelength. I'll go ahead and give my prop bet because I'm not going to, I'll tell you this. If it's seven and a half, I have to take Memphis. I don't want to. I have to take Memphis at seven and a half. I agree with Ra that this is too many points. Too many. One thing I will say, one thing I will say before we move the props is that even though the, the Grizzlies should have won game one, in game one, the Warriors had a 103-94 lead with eight minutes to go. Yep. Then they blew that. They had a 108-104 lead with in the fourth quarter of game one. And they couldn't hold that. Yep. And then the Grizzlies ultimately took the lead and they were one offensive rebound away from winning that game. And then in game two, you look three, four minutes ago, the Warriors also had multiple four point leads and they couldn't hold that. So the thing that I'm seeing is that this Grizzlies team, the Warriors can't stop this Grizzlies team and the Grizzlies aren't scared of them. So That's I right. view this, I view this as more of a pick em series than any other series. And I know I said this with the Suns and the Pelicans, but I really believe it here. So uh, on props, I'm going to be on the jaw overs. Mm-hmm. The Warriors are, this is this is what the, has been most effective for them in terms of limiting the, the Grizzlies' offense. Not jaw, the mm-hmm. offense. Wiggins defending jaw in a drop coverage with Looney. Mm-hmm. You don't have to switch. Jaw gets to his floater. He takes two pointers. You live with it. He takes tough contested shots with Wiggins defending. Wiggins defending in the series has been great. When he runs ball, ball, when he runs guard, guard, switch, uh, pick and roll with pool on the floor, get your lighter fluid because it's it's going up in flames. Like they can't do anything with that. Kerr is going to have to limit the minutes of pool on the court with, with, with Morant because Jaw has figured out how to hunt. Like he has figured out how to hunt and they are hunting pool every single time. Um, the numbers with Draymond are actually surprisingly not great. I think a lot of this is like the small ball unit is not doing great. Steven Adams potentially coming back, I think does help Memphis. Brandon and I are going to be on the opposite sides of that, and that's okay. Like, I could be wrong. I'm open to being wrong on that. I think it helps Memphis. Um, and then also Dylan Brooks being out for game three also helps Memphis because yeah. he's like the ultimate yeah. heat check guy at this yeah. point. And I think Zaire Williams has played some good defense. Oof, like I, I, I'm real worried about the Zaire minutes. He is, I, I think no. he had a good game, and everyone's overreacting on Zaire. Um, I can see that. I can definitely see that. I'm but good. I'm going to be on jaw I mean, over on points. Mm-hmm. Um 
I'm probably going to be on clay over on points. He's the guy that particularly has shot worse than expected, like more than the others. He's the one that shot worse. I think clay probably has a big scoring game. So I'm going to be on clay overs as well. Brandon, what are your prop plays for this game? Yeah, I basically had both of those as well. Jaw over 28 and a half. He's 34 and 47. And yeah, they just don't have an answer for him. Uh, I don't think that the Warriors are not stopping the Grizzlies offense. The Warriors are not stopping Jaw. They're stopping the rest of the offense pretty well. Uh, So I like that. Jaw is plus 340 to score 25 or more points every game of the series. That is my favorite bet of those series props I mentioned in that article. 25 points. That is not a high line for him, the way that he is scoring the ball right now. He's playing like 40 minutes a game. He's averaging more than a point per minute against the Warriors in the series so far and averaged three quarters of a point per minute in the regular season. So I like that one a lot. Uh, Clay, I'm with you on. I'm going over on the threes on Clay instead of the points. The volume just has been so high and it's Clay. Clay is not Larry Holmes status. Clay knows how to shoot the ball. He is going to hit the shots at some point when the volume is there. Two other props I like. Draymond Green over three and a half turnovers. He's gone over that all four games against Memphis this season. He's at five, 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 and four. And, you know, that actually is a plus number two, which is a little shocking to me. So uh, Memphis, you know, they cause turnovers and Draymond and Steph are happy to oblige at times. Andrew Wiggins over five and a half rebounds. He is over that in six of seven playoff games. He's averaging eight and a half this series. Is that eight offensive rebounds? That's a way that Golden State, as we've noted, has kind of hurt Memphis and evened out the, the glass battle a little bit. And I think, especially with Peyton out and with Iguodal out, we're going to have to see a lot, of, a lot of Wiggins minutes. They're going to need him to be that Harrison Barnes extra guy out there a lot on the floor. Matt, I actually, you talked me a little bit into the Steven Adams thing, but here's the angle I'm taking on it. I think Steven Adams has a role to play. I don't want the props. I don't want the overs or the unders. I don't know how much of a role to play there is. But my last one, uh, we'll try to get the link to the series props article uh, in the in the podcast notes. Draymond Green to lead the series in total rebounding is is maybe my favorite prop out of that. It's plus three thirty at DraftKings. I think Stephen Adams' return kind of just nerfs all the rebounding numbers for Memphis because he's going to rebound while he's out there. He's a great rebounder. He's great on the offensive glass. Right now, Jaw has seventeen rebounds. Jaron Jackson has 18, Brandon Clark has 13. Those are all the guys we're expecting to dominate. I think with Adams there, it's just going to kind of spread everything out between all of them. We know Draymond is going to be the guy getting the, the big minutes as the big man. I sprinkle a little bit on Andrew Wiggins at 29 to 1, but Draymond averages 10 rebounds a game the last five playoffs. That's 104 games too, so not a small sample for Draymond Green. He, he rebounds well in playoff games. He honestly, he would be leading right now if he hadn't been hadn't uh, been ejected for that first or second half of game one. So I, I like the, that Stephen Adams will be back and be on the court, and I think that that gives you some rebound prop opportunities. That's a fucking great angle, Brandon. That's a I, that is an incredibly sharp yeah. angle to to look at it and go the other way in terms of. Adam's coming back and is going to dominate the glass, but he's not going to play enough minutes and Draymond's going to play enough minutes and he's just going to get rebounds even next to Looney. It's a really yeah. great angle, Brandon. I'm just, that's Thanks. really great. By, by the yeah. way, too, at DraftKings, it is total rebounds. At FanDuel is rebounds per game. Play the total rebounds because Adams could win rebounds per game if he plays enough and rebounds enough. He could get there. You don't want that. You don't want Adams to steal that mm-hmm. one away. So do the total mm-hmm. rebounds. You're going to better number there anyways. Okay. 
Uh, that's going to wrap it up for Buckets. Thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Make sure you hit us with those five-star reviews. I want to see some five-star reviews on Apple, folks. Get, get us those five-star reviews. Mm-hmm. You can follow Brandon and Raheem in the Action Network app. It's the best way for you to track your bets. So make sure to download the Action Network app right now. You can follow us on Twitter. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you guys again on Monday with another episode. Let's get Buckets. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.